0: Today, I want to continue our series on Mark, the story of Jesus. And I want to ask you a question today that I don't know if you've ever thought of, but I think a a lot of people do. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want people to think about you in the future? How do you want people, even now, how do you want people to think about you? Do they want to think of you as a positive or a negative? Do do you want people to think of you as, as an inspirational person or as a warning sign? Don't be like John, okay? Don't do like he does, or do like he does. How, do you want, which side do you want to be on on that? Think of people and names that have been held in high regard. I mean, if you say the uh, integrity of Abraham Lincoln, the honesty of, you know, certain people, the passion of Martin Luther King, you know, uh, the intelligence of, oh, I'm no Einstein, right? You, br- you bring up that word, you say Einstein, you know it's smart, Okay? And you just there's certain words like that that are brought up, certain people that you know, they represent something. And, but, and even think about this. Uh, when we were naming our children, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the name books that they have, and a lot of them will say what the name means. Well, this name means this in Greek. Last time I checked, not too many people know what Greek is, or speak ancient Latin, or speak whatever. What they're thinking about a name and, and is how that name reminds them of somebody else they know that had that name, okay, and that's what it's coming up with, and as a teacher, I've talked to so many elementary teachers, they'll say they like a name for their own child until they have a kid in their classroom that has that name, and then it ruins that name for them forever, okay, <laughs> so a lot of my element, okay, my teachers are telling me that that sounds right, uh, you know, that that's something that comes up, and they're like, oh, I really like John, and then I had John Hubert as my t- student, and I don't ever want to say the word name John again, all right? And so this happens, and, and, and sometimes you, you name, like we named our daughter Eva after my grandmother Eva, who I never met, but her picture's in my office. She went to North Central Bible College in 1933 as a, young, as a woman coming from northern Minnesota, going to the city of Minneapolis to study at a Bible college. I thought to myself, that's an impressive woman because that just didn't happen in that time period. And that's what she did. So I wanted to name my daughter after Eva. And so that's a very good name. And when we go to family reunions, people that knew my grandmother say, oh, Eva, she was so great. And everybody, you know, it's a positive thing. If I had named my daughter something, everybody goes, ooh, Eva, sorry about that, you know. So it's just kind of this concept of what it is. In the United States, not a lot of people name their kids Benedict Arnold. You know, it's just like Benedict Arnold. That's a wonderful name to name your kid. And uh, maybe you don't want to name your kid or use, like the word Adolf, the name Adolf has really fallen out of favor. There used to be a lot of Adolfs. I mean, if you study it, it's all these good people that are named Adolf. It's a dead name now. Well, some guy ruined it, okay? And uh, it's, it's just kind of that name if you say that's an Adolf kind of move. Um, and so there's all kinds of names that people will throw and say that's who that person is and and that represents this kind of a thing. Um, and so in church history and th- outside of church history, if you call somebody a Judas, that's not a positive thing. Again, Judas is not a biblical name that's really being used right now. Hey, we're thinking of naming our kid. How about Judas? Hey, great. Okay, don't do that. All right, if anybody here is thinking about naming a kid. And I looked up just in a, I looked up in the dictionary just to see what, this is a non-Christian dictionary, and it talks about Judas Iscariot, and did you realize that John, uh, Jesus had a brother named Judas? You, bet you know him as Jude. You kind of know why he shortened his name, okay? Because in, earlier in the book of Mark, it talks about Judas that's with, you know, with James or whatever, and then it talks later about Jude, and we think it's the same guy. Um, there's also another Judas that says Judas, not Iscariot. That's every time they put him in the Bible, it's Judas, not Iscariot. All right, so there's this, you can tell how much that name. And so these are the other definitions that came up. There's a Judas hole. It's a peephole as in an entrance or door of a prison cell. I wasn't aware of that. Um, another one is used for animals. that are used as a decoy to lead other animals to slaughter. So you have a Judas goat led sheep into the slaughterhouse. So as you can see, this is a name that's, gonna, that's lived on. This is thousands of years later. And you think of this person and, and you don't. You just say, what are we going to name this animal? Let's call him a Judas animal. Let's, let's call this as a Judas this. Let's call this. This name has been ruined. This reputation is gone. And so what we're going to see today is Mark is going to take two stories and this is a method that he uses and he uses a sandwich technique he's going to put the story of Judas at the top and the bottom of the story and then in between he's going to put the story of a woman who anoints Jesus and what he's trying to do by doing this is contrast the two and show that you're supposed to read them together to really understand it and so I want to see the difference between the two and and where we want to stand I think it's gonna be obvious where we want to stand but what is it that she does that stands out And what is it that Judas does that we should not do? He's kind of the anti-example for us. So if you look in Mark 14, verses 1 through 11. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at at the table... Um, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, "Why was the ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could not could not have been or could have been sold for more than three hundred denarii, and given to the poor." And they scolded her. And Jesus said, "Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you will always have the poor with you." And, w- and whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, in the whole world, what she has done will be held, be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was is one of the twelve, went to the chief priest in order to betray him to them. And when they had heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to ber- to betray him. So here's what we have: we have the start of the passion narrative. We have the, we're starting the passion week. If if you're uh, right now, you've seen probably people with uh, ash on their forehead. Started the uh, Lent season. Started the passion narrative. This is the beginning of the passion narrative. And so, who's going to be remembered in a positive light? You, should, you look at the people in this story. And you see, you have the exalted rulers of the Jewish people, the people that knew the Bible, the people that had been studying it, the people that should have known who Jesus was. And what are they saying here? Let's kill him. That's all they're worried about is themselves. They're worried about themselves. And then you've got the disciples, the disciples who are the insiders with Jesus. They know everything that Jesus tells. Remember, every time Jesus would tell a story, and they would say, well, what does it really mean? And he would tell them. Judas was one of those people that were in there. So in this story, though, it's not just Judas, but you've got the disciples saying, what is she doing? Why is she doing that? The people that are talking right here are the disciples. Even Simon the leper. Now, we don't know this for a fact, but if your name is the leper, okay, just a, sol- and Jesus is hanging out with him, we think that he is somebody that was exactly, but he seems like I mean, he, he, he probably was, was the leper. You know, whatever we would think of today. Somebody who has a disease or something like that. But he, So you think, well, maybe that's the guy that's going to be. No, he's another guy that doesn't really show up well. And there's a reason that she's, we think there's a good reason she isn't named. But here's this woman. All these encounters with the Word of God. All these pow- things that are going on. They, This culture, women were not held highly. She took a huge chance for a to like this woman. So, as, and in the Passover time, everybody would come to Jerusalem. Now, we don't think that was true. We think that uh, Josephus was very, a little high on that. I think that's true. But there's at least, we think, 180,000 people descended on in Jerusalem. And the reason you were sacrificing a lamb when uh, God was putting plagues upon the Egyptians, he said, you must slaughter a lamb, the firstborn, because I'm going to kill the firstborn, of all of the Egyptians as a punishment to them. The setup for the first Passover story, the sacrifice of the Lamb that saved Jesus, which is going to save everybody. There's a connection here. They're trying to... And the other reason, they don't want to do anything, because right now, what the Romans are scared because they're going to revolt, and the Romans are going to have to come in and crush their entire city. Because they're saying, we need to be careful. We don't want to arrest him. But then... I like how this is one of those trials where we're going to arrest him by, well, we're going to kill him for sure. All right, so they want to do that. But why did they want to step out and do anything bold? Because they're protecting themselves. They want to look at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper. Uh, and they're reclining at the table and weren't invited to events. All right, so we just know that she, she wasn't invited. She's expensive. Everything that's being used here, whether it's alabaster or nard, that, and it's not something that could have gone there on a plane or by Amazon two-day delivery. This is something that would have taken is expensive. And it shows probably that she had some wealth herself. And she breaks the flask and poured it over the head of Jesus, anointed, and people were anointed before their burial. And what she is, but she is showing the ultimate respect for him, that he is somebody. gesture, sacrificial gesture, she breaks the flask and does something like that. Why was that ointment wasted like that? For the ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii. She does this noble act. First of all, they probably wonder how she got in, but they, she has this wonderful act. She is doing something for Jesus. She is expressing her love for her. Understand that this is what you're, you're supposed to be doing, this and not this. But Jesus' lady, she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you. You see, the disciples aren't even getting the fact of what they're doing in Jerusalem. We've seen, as we've been going through Mark, he's been telling them, "I'm about to go to Jerusalem and of this place." What are the disciples worried about? Well, what about our poverty program while we're doing? It? Peter, when the first time he said this and, and Jesus and uh, Peter said, no, "No, no, you'll never, because they're fighting what's happening. They're still fighting what's happening. They might going to die. But they're not accepting the truth. They're on after you. They kind of have a holier than thou. Well, you know, we could use that for the poor first. And you know what blesses Jesus And one of the taxes Jesus tells us to do? He's not going to say don't do the poor thing. He says right now you need to worry about my death and resurrection. They're not. They're thinking they've got other plans. What are they thinking about right here? This. And, but she has done what she could. Whatever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told, is being told, her story is being told. Today in Bemidji, in a day that most people, then I knew God had to give us, all right? We just have snow everywhere, getting it, for being the smartest person. You know, this is, I've heard a lot of women, but the women of the Bible, such as the, we're going to see in the resurrection, are women. So the Bible is very pro-woman. I know a lot of people say, well, we're, just for the record, just if you want to say that, but, it's out there here's he's the one who understands but she's the one who gets it and her name is going to be out there so now we switch it's been here and what is his reaction so he's been one of the twelve it says that he stealth plan to kill jesus we don't want to do this in a comes to them in order to portray jesus to them and when they heard it so here look at the difference between money she takes her money this goes to betray jesus and takes money for it. Somebody who's about themselves or somebody that's about Jesus. Somebody that's all about me. I need to, this isn't going the way I want to. I'm selfish. Or somebody who says, I'm going to give everything that I have to Jesus. Who's going to be remembered? Well, Judas is definitely going to be remembered. But who's the one who's going to have people talk about her to this day and say, what a wonderful thing that she did? And. So now as we look at this, it's going to make a difference. People that are going to be remembered, and I found four different ideas from this story that really stood out to me. The first one is somebody who understands the moment. Understand the moment. Have you ever heard somebody say, read the room? Read the room, understand what's going on. She understands the moment. The moment is, geez, this is it. The most done with Jesus. Jesus says, you're not going to have me much longer, and they aren't going to have him much longer. Sensitive enough to do what needed to be done at the moment. And when you tell me what I need to do right now, let me be sensitive to your spirit. Because what's wrong with him alone? Okay, he didn't say that. All right, he didn't contrast. Sometimes things that are, well, you know, I can't, I can't get involved in church because I, I need to spend more time with my family. I always give the contract, I always give the response. You know what a good place to spend time with your family is? At church. But there are people who will say good things, like, you know, I I need to make a living. Of course you need to make a living. You don't need to make a living at seven days a week. You don't need to make a living at the expense, the expense of this. Understand what the moment is. Sensitive to God's Spirit. In the short term, he is there to make the standing, what is going on and what needs to be done. So she understands. Secondly, she looks out for others. Can you imagine being one of the people that were called by Jesus and got to ask him any question that And they said Edward Snowden, if you don't know who he is, he's the WikiLeaks guy, he's the guy that he skyped into the university that we were at to ask questions of this great man who's actually a criminal. Okay. what had interaction with the person who created all heavens and earth. The person who wrote the Bible, who Judas had opportunity to be with. Pulled into the inner circle. They got to ask anything. Uh, I got a better plan. I have my own plan. I have my own plan, and I'm going bet- to betray Jesus and gave them the location of where Jesus was going to be later. We think the Messiah, you claim to be all this. Those weren't things that Jesus said publicly case against him here's your case instead of being the one for him he's with the judas says i'll take a little bit of money i'll take your i'll take your power what if he's looking at this t- time right now and you can see the disciples aren't even getting it. he's saying maybe i can get a little money out of it now one thing that's true about this whole story we don't have money and i was reading some commentaries this week and they said the reason is because if they would, we could say well we're not like judas we would never sell jesus out because I don't do that one thing. Are we willing to sell Jesus out. Are we willing to say, "You know what? Because Judas got the point that he wasn't about others, he wasn't about Jesus. Uh, Jesus. You see, the disciples and Simon, they're down on the woman because, and who does she th- out for what they're supposed to be doing? They're just saying, we're indignant towards her. We look down at her with disdain. What do? do? She takes a flask, and she looks th- out for him more than herself. Because when you go after Jesus, women are not supposed to be there. But you know what? God called her to be there. and She says, I'm going. I'm willing to do this for him and no one else. Okay? So she looks out for others. She's willing to take the scorn. She's willing to maybe even be picked on. The third thing I think that we see as a good characteristic is you're willing to go to get Jesus as long as we don't get caught. So if you look at these guys, you can lose some of our prestige. You know what? Following after Jesus is the, always going to be the one who everybody adores, the one that everybody looks up to. Part of the deal, and they're saying they want to be sneaky. And the word I like the word is stealth. He he even sneaks over to the uh, uh, the high priest, away from everything like that. They want to make sure everything's sneaky. They're not willing to go all in. They're trying to. The woman comes in uninvited. Spends much on the perfume. It does not say that she opened the flask and dumped it out. She broke method for perfume. Okay, here's a, you buy something nice, for, you know, here's some for the floor. That's not how people do perfume. Somebody said, well, maybe they didn't have a, I love this ex- explanation. in there. Okay, just for the record. But she breaks the fall in. If You can just remember that in your head. I'm going all in. I'm breaking it. I'm not putting the lid back on it. I'm going all in for Jesus. I'm making a, getting this flask back. I'm not returning it to the store. I'm not selling it It may happen when you go all in? You're going to have people that are indignant. They're going to take who goes all in. Um, as a teacher, uh, I is not the person that everybody pats on the back and says, oh, good job, girl. We attack the, the good athlete. We sometimes we go after the people that are talented because, and studying, yeah, that, that's actually what you're supposed to do. But we pick on those kind of kids when you do that. That's not being, you should just be dumb like us, okay? People that go to work, how about this? Have you ever been in a job where if you actually do the job, look bad? You've seen it. And this is what's happening to her. Maybe we should anoint Jesus for burial. Did anybody think about that? She's the one who thinks the fact that she, we look like in verse 6 it says, that Jesus had to step in because she was being exactly what she's supposed to do because she was willing to go all in. All that she went all in. It says that she gave all that she had. If you look closely in the even all that she had, all that she had to give, she gave. Is we need to focus on Jesus. Now this should just be the, a part of every, their own power. To this day, if you think about Jesus being born, the Magi, Okay, they figured out that, Je- oh, Herod, they were able to tell the religious leaders, yet, yes, Jesus is breaking things up for us. What if he actually takes over and we don't get to be in charge anymore? And if you're like me and try to be in charge of your own life, I'm glad to let somebody in. looking out for themselves. How about Judas? Yeah, this Jesus thing, he's not going the right direction. He's saying to himself, if I just get the people to attack Jesus, that he'll finally rise up. Because he had his own agenda, not the agenda of Jesus, his own agenda. How about we work on the fact that Jesus is about to die? We're about to lose Jesus in just a few hours. Jerusalem. Why does the woman go to Jerusalem we, or go to Jesus? We may never know. She has done a beautiful thing for me, Jesus says in verse 6, and for burial. And I want to just concentrate on this word. She has done what for Jesus. She did every focus she had on Jesus. She put it all in the bottle, but it sounds like she put everything into this bottle and said, I need to go anoint him. She anointed him for burial. The whole anointing needed. And she will always be remembered for this fact. She picked on. She's going to be picked on because people are going to say, what a waste. Like this. You know what else people thought was a waste? To have Jesus, the Son of God, die. So brilliant. He should have stayed on earth and kept teaching. But you know what? Jesus is, sacri- by this sacrifice, the sacrifice that was made shows the sacrifice that Jesus was ultimately made. Uh, if our prayer ministers could come forward, I am here to pray with you or somebody else will be here to pray with you uh, about anything that you need to pray in church today. There's a reason that we are here. You may say, I don't know why I was called here today um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a tough day to be here or I came with a friend or I came with my, my family or things like that. But I always want to give an opportunity to say to you, if you have not made I'm willing to go all in. I'm willing to follow Jesus and be, I'm willing to give up my life for him. So that my, it doesn't mean your life's going to be perfect. We don't know what happened to this woman, but Jesus said what she, she is a woman that will be remembered forever. If we want to be a person that's going to be remembered, give up everything we have for Jesus. It's the image that is given right here. We need to commitment to Jesus Christ. Today is the day to make that commitment and come and talk to one another. Standing the moment. Are you looking for opportunities to serve Jesus? Focusing on Jesus. And are you willing to go all in with your whatever you want me to do? If I'm, I, I just, I come back to this. Here's a woman, not the whole bottle of perfume, breaks it, dumps it on somebody's head. That scare called by Jesus and she did exactly what Jesus needed because she was focused on him, inspired by who she is. What are we going to do this week? What are we going to do? Okay, the disciples put scorn on her, but she did. Well, people aren't going to understand when we're following after Jesus and what he calls us to do, but we need to be saying to Jesus, whatever you want, what do you need from me today, Jesus? What do you want me to do? Let it be done in my life. And that's my challenge for you today. Just turn your, be like this woman. Be like her because Jesus said we're supposed to be like her and we're supposed to remember her. There's a reason Jesus made that statement and why we're thinking about her during Passion Week this time. Let us understand what it's like to follow Jesus in this radical sort of way. Lord, we thank you today. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your spirit. Lord, we thank you today that you that you want us to follow after you, God, that you're willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for us. And Jesus, as we know that this is the beginning of the end for you, this is the beginning of the Passion Week, God, this is the end of your life that we're seeing right here, God. And God, we just want you to know, as a body, God, we are willing to go all in for Jesus. We are willing to not worry about what others are saying. We're not going to focus on anything but you, God. And we want to make sure, God, that we understand the moment. That We understand the moment is you have called us, God, to reach the lost. You have called us to minister to people around us, God. Let us understand that moment and look for opportunities, God, that you create for us this week. We pray, God, that your spirit goes out before us, God. But when, when that your spirit goes out and you prompt us to do something, God, that we will go for it. No matter what happens, God, no matter how we are People may be telling us, don't do it, don't do it. But if we hear the prompt from you, God, we will follow after you no matter what you say. God, let us be like this woman. And we thank you for her, what she has done, as an example for all of us, God. But we also, but most importantly, God, let us do what she did and focus on you, God. Focus on what you need and what you're about. We ask this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our prayer ministers are available. Otherwise, you are dismissed.